next probably tomorrow if i can um we'll be on page 39 so today we're talking about pages 35 36 37 38 um so last time i talked about this part of the story about this girl um who was told by her mother that she sings ugly and the book goes on continuing to say that you know uh she develops a complex and after that fact um you know she doesn't really sing again and the book kind of points out that um you know the reason things like this happen um such as you know the mom coming home with a headache the girl being happy and singing and dancing or jumping around the mom telling her to kind of shut up because her voice is ugly uh but the voice wasn't really ugly but she just said that because it was making her headache worse to hear the kids singing because she was already stressed out and so the reason why the book explains that things like this happen is you know people are using what the book calls black magic um and the person who this black magic wording is being used against uh such as the daughter um the person uh is getting um you know they believe in the opinion in the opinions of others and that belief is enough to develop a complex, stop somebody from doing something, keep somebody from doing like what they believe they can do. Just from one instance of somebody saying something, somebody can become shy or insecure. Uh, they give another example of a friend who some reason one day tells her other friend, oh, that dress you're wearing is ugly. And then it leads that person to maybe never wear that dress again or something um and then it goes into talking about the worst type of black magic which is gossip a little bit before that it talks about you know it says like they don't know what they're doing like people who are using this form of words of black magic against other people don't really know what they're doing uh, they don't know that even one instance of saying something wrong or bad towards someone else can make them, you know, develop a complex. And they also don't really, um, I mean, maybe they know, but they don't have to know. Um, it still kind of works the same either way. <clears throat> now, I don't really know how this works if there's an apology afterwards and maybe like an explanation um of like look I was just having a bad day not that it's an excuse to be yelling at you or telling you to shut up but my headache was getting worse that's why I said your voice is ugly it's actually in reality not ugly it's beautiful and I'd actually want you to record me a couple songs I'd like to have them on a cd to play in my car or something like something encouraging and apologizing 
might help someone to kind of like challenge that opinion that they now have of themselves because of somebody else's um uh because of someone else but I don't really know uh they don't really talk about that at least not at the moment uh but coming from the field of psychology I know that there is such thing as um you know work that people can do that's um uh I guess they're called uh corrective experiences um and so it's like a person can have maybe like like abuse in their past or you know they don't like a certain type of person like maybe they don't like people who have ever been in the military because their parents were in the military and treated them like crap and therefore now they don't trust anybody in the military but then maybe they meet somebody at school and that person's a veteran and they develop a crush and that person's really a safe person to be with and you know they have a good relationship and bond and so they meet one it only really takes really meeting one uh person um who who um you know can set a corrective experience i mean when i was working in therapy you know there are people who maybe didn't want to work with certain races or certain genders or certain you know um language backgrounds like some of it it's like okay it makes sense um with your comfort levels and preferences and things like that but there were people who like oh I don't really want to work with this race of people because they don't trust them or whatever they feel like they're not understood so me being a minority you know a lot of times it was kind of interesting you know because a lot of my clients were like interested to work with me because you know most of the people that they were working with were um you know uh cis straight caucasian women which is fine but that's kind of the majority in the field and when people don't see themselves represented or they don't see like oh this looks like the people around my neighborhood or like something like that a lot of times they might not be interested to really be open with them about stuff so you know i definitely kind of understand how there might be a preference uh and i also understand how there might be you know a person who feels like hey you know these other people um did me wrong and so anybody in that category i kind of don't really trust because i've never had like a good experience um so that all makes sense to me um most people don't sit and challenge things like that like if somebody says your dress is ugly or your voice is ugly they're not going to sit there and challenge it too much and be like you know this is one person out of 50 people who have ever complained about my voice or I've been wearing this dress for two and a half years and my friend never said that it was ugly before like what's up with this person or like eight other people complimented me about this dress you know like and this one person says it's ugly and you know I can tell they've been having a bad time lately um so maybe they're saying it for that reason like I'm not making excuses for people saying dumb shit and I'm not saying I never say dumb shit I'm just saying you know it does happen unfortunately um but it is something to really be careful about because you know our words do have a lot of power um 
I do recognize myself um, having, you know, kind of more of like internal opinions about things where it's like, you know, I wonder what of these opinions I got from other people. Like, I remember being in school, in college, um, in university, and looking around me and being like, there's not really a lot of people that look like me, you know. Now, I was raised in a household where education is definitely priority, um, and it was very much a value of the family. Um, so I was never told, oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. I was always told like, yeah, you're going to probably be a doctor or like get a PhD or an MD or something like nobody ever told me I can't do it. Nobody ever put up barriers in my family in the way that like, you know, trying to pay for stuff like, you know, like maybe, I mean, my folks helped me out a ton, but like maybe like sometimes you know, they couldn't really pay for the parking permit on time or they couldn't really pay for the books on time or for the classes on time or whatever the fees were, you know, like, yes, they were paying for a lot of it, not all of it, but a whole, whole lot of it. And even if some of it was late, you know, I didn't have to like work a 40 hour work week every week. And on top of trying to carry a full caseload, the course load, like I was basically um, able to spend time studying and that was my, my job was to study, you know, and do well and pass my classes. And, but I do think I did develop a complex for sure in, um, in two ways. Like I would say just not seeing a lot of representation. Like when I, I remember when I grew up, I I remember having these thoughts when I grew up that I kind of thought, you know, black people, you know, might not be able to do everything that other people do. Um, now I didn't really know why I thought that way, but I just thought, you know, as a black person that I was inferior. And the reason why I thought that, you know, I hardly had any black teachers, anyone who I ever saw who was in a position of power or control or in charge of anything, there were very few black people that I knew that were doing that. Now, it's also because of where I lived um, and the way I was socialized. Like, my parents didn't, like, necessarily raise me around, like, a black community of people. Like, it was a diverse group of people, but it didn't have, like, any majority. Like, there was no majority black population. Like, I was definitely often the only black person in the room for most of my life, even nowadays, still, that's usually the case unless I go out of my way um to go to events like Juneteenth events or Black Pride events or things like that or if I'm out with my black friends then it's like okay I'm around black people but um you know I feel like uh yeah that wasn't always the case um you know, with my beliefs, I didn't always understand, like, you know, I saw, like, the Cosby show, and, like, it's a different world, um, with, like, black people going to college and that kind of thing, um, but I never was able to, like, visualize as a kid, like, what my professional life would look like, 
I was just like, oh, I hope I pass my classes and do good, but I never really um, was too sure how to get to a role of like um, either having power or having uh, success or, you know, all I knew was get good grades and that'll get you in the door. Uh, get degrees, get good grades, get a lot of experience working and that'll get your foot in the door. And that is pretty true. Um, but is there discrimination? Yes. Um, I don't even think that job sites sometimes notice that they're discriminating. I've seen it. Um, but I think sometimes they don't really even notice that they are. Um, and sometimes they do. They're just ignorant and uneducated about different types of people. It's changing a little bit, at least, you know, I'm other, I'm over in Southern California. So of course it's pretty diverse and it's, it's a diverse, but segregated, not like formally segregated, but it's pretty racially segregated as long, as far as like majority populations in certain areas of the city, like certain areas are white people, certain areas, they're Japanese people, certain areas are Korean people, certain areas, they're Vietnamese people certain areas they're Latino people like there's just different areas that have different types of people they're not usually always all combined in the same neighborhoods um some areas are pretty diverse like I'd say Long Beach is pretty diverse uh parts of downtown uh parts of Hollywood but oftentimes it's very like once you pass this certain major street like all the all the businesses are in like or a lot of the businesses like the language is all of a sudden like everything's has Chinese writing or everything has writing in Spanish or everything's in Vietnamese or like I'm not complaining about it it's fine it's something I love about the city but it's like if you compare like Koreatown to like you know Monterey Park you know or like Koreatown to like you know uh like El Sereno area um like everything over in El Sereno is pretty much in Spanish and then everything in Koreatown's pretty much in Korean uh and it's not like everything I'd say the majority of businesses are still in English but um you notice it for sure like there's definitely a a lot of businesses like that like like combined in one area and that's fine you know um I don't I think it can be problematic or it can be you know just a good thing like it really just depends how you view it um, I can see the costs and benefits of either way. Um, like there's a lot, there's a long list on both sides, but, um, yeah, I definitely was raised, um, uh, in my own mind, you know, I, I do remember secretly wishing, you know, I, I used to pray like not every night. But there was a point in my life when I was a kid, I was young, and I would pray, you know, I would be like, you know, dear God, please make it so I wake up and, you know, my vision is good so I don't have to use glasses, that I have blonde hair and my skin is a little bit lighter. I would pray that, like, I don't know how many years in a row, you know, I prayed that as a child, like, I was young, like, this is like before I could even drive, um... Like, I didn't really have pride, like, in in my own, like, ethnicity um, too much. And nobody directly was like, you're black, you need to be ashamed. You're black, you need to be, like, 
thinking that you're inferior, but I naturally developed that just from being around no one who really looked like me and the people I was around like never really seemed like I think I have one friend who's a Caucasian guy who was raised in a black neighborhood so he was very like he would seek out black friends um like because they looked like the people in his neighborhood and that's who he wanted to hang out with and he was like saying how when he was younger he experienced a lot of racism from being the white kid that was in the in the black neighborhoods and you know I kind of used to like going over to his house because you know he had like neighbors and people in his apartment building that were all black and so I was like cool we can go over him over there with him and like play basketball with all the other kids and you know I was around black people and stuff and it was nice but um I mean that's just kind of how it was um and you know I it's just kind of how how things were for me when I was younger like I'm, I'm definitely different now but I mean back then you know I think a lot of that stuck with me uh I think earlier on it was harder for me to do well in school because I just kind of thought like okay like if I get maybe not so great of grades that's fine you know because I don't see anyone else that looks like me that's getting good grades you know like I would see you know all I really saw on tv like back then anyways was like you know hip-hop and all that kind of videos and stuff and most of those people like in the videos they didn't seem to be promoting wealth they seemed to be like in poverty and all these other things and when I saw movies with black people you know Spike Lee or whatever like Crooklyn and movies about um black people a lot of times the people were you know in poverty or involved in crimes and just having a hard time of it other than like things like the Cosby show and all that kind of stuff you know and those were rare like you I would see that and I would be like this isn't like it was like I'm not saying that they weren't black enough that's not what I'm saying but I felt like they were some other representation that to me felt a little like okay this is maybe a version but this isn't like it seemed like an extreme version on the other end like it it seemed like so I would get I was getting kind of the message that you know that on one end you know there was no representation of any successful black people in my life other than family members that I was like they must be rare and I saw how hard they worked and I was like I don't know if I want to do that like never being home with your family and always being stressed out um and I'm like well that just means black people have to work so much harder if they want to be successful they have to work so hard that they're just like unhappy and I just didn't understand it I was like you know, I looked around me and I saw people with their parents and going on all these trips and vacations and like, you know, all these kinds of things. And I was like, well, why do my parents work so damn hard? And I hardly ever see them. And like, maybe we had even a nicer place and lived in a nicer neighborhood than the majority of people I knew. But even though they even though the other people weren't black people, like we lived kind of like in a more upscale type of, um, area maybe on the surface it looked like we had more wealth than a lot of people I knew 
But then when it came to stuff like class trips or certain stuff, I was like, well, my folks can't really afford this. Or, you know, there was always stuff where, like, they couldn't afford this or couldn't afford that. So I was like, I kind of felt like there was that, like, keeping up with the Joneses and then seeing them working all the time and working so hard. I was like, you know, this doesn't seem sustainable um, for, like, good health and stuff and, like, for happiness and I was thinking about my future and I'm like, yeah, if I ever had kids, I don't know if I could raise kids and be working like this, you know, working so hard and never having a break, you know, but that was just kind of how my per- my parents' work ethic was. Um, and I-, I think it helped everyone to get where they were, but um, at the same time, you know, it's it's hard. Like, you know, kids are smart they observe what's around them I was a smart kid you know I observed what was around me I kind of understood that hey you know um there's a lot of stuff kind of like around and you know I'm uh trying to uh you know do what I what's around me you know I'm trying to kind of uh, have a, have a good time, and so, yeah, I didn't really, like, I don't think I fully understood, um, kind of what I needed, what, like, like, kind of why I was thinking the way that I was, um, I don't think I really understood it, but looking back, I'm like, ah, yeah, it kind of makes sense because, you know, how I was raised, where I was raised, it makes sense that I would have some, like, weird understanding of things. But I do think later on when it came to, like, um, um, I don't know, some, there were some points in my life, like, maybe, like, early in high school where I struggled with, um, getting good grades like I think I didn't really learn how to actually like do really good with studying until I was maybe around like seventh or eighth grade or so um um and then like in ninth or tenth grade I remember feeling some kind of pressure because I was like well I don't know if I'm like being like a good black person like you know, I didn't really know. I was just kind of like, well, I don't know if I'm supposed to try too hard or if I'm supposed to get really good grades or like there was some stuff like that that came up that I was like, I don't know, like just mostly because I didn't see anybody around me doing anything that looked like what my parents would tell me. Like they'd be like, you know, like it was just like basic stuff of how to get ahead in life with like education and it helped it was good I mean I applied it and got pretty far and um I also had you know the resources that my parents provided for me and that helped and you know it was fine but you know I start to think about it and I'm like man you know like it's um it's maybe not uh maybe not like the easiest of um of choices to make so I don't know 
So, yeah, just, you know, and then when it comes to gossip, like, definitely, that's always been one of the main things that rubs me wrong in social circles is that it creates such an unsafe space. And I grew up in an environment where I would mention that, not exactly in those words, but I was just like, dude, don't you guys see that, like, this gossip is out of control? And nobody else seemed to want to confront it but me. And nobody else was trying to be disciplined about that and it was a it was a turnoff for me especially with like religion and stuff it was a turnoff for me because I was like of all the stuff that they preach about every single week and every single time you're with people it's like they'd rather talk about all the prejudices and all this other political stuff versus talking about actual stuff that matters for people's mental health like they would just ignore it you know and I saw that and I was like this is stupid like why would I ever you know be a part of people who can't even like see that this is wrong you know it's like they were so focused on all these other stupid things that they didn't want people to do that weren't harming really anybody you know it's like if I drink a cup of coffee how is that gonna bother you if I listen to music with drums or dance around in my room how is that gonna how is that gonna like really hurt somebody versus if I start talking crap about them or like spreading rumors about like their secrets and things that's definitely going to hurt them and so you know but I could do that I could spread rumors about their secrets and be okay but if somebody heard that I bought you know a cheeseburger with bacon on the sabbath you know it's like god forbid you know so it's like things like that that are like none of these other things are even anybody's business you know like who cares like what I'm eating or what I do on the Sabbath and all these other things it's like none of that really matters right um like none of that's really gonna affect any other person but if anybody it might affect me but it's not gonna affect anybody else in a church building so why are they talking about it so much you know like to me I was like this doesn't make any sense this is stupid um but yeah that was one thing that I noticed um with the gossiping it just really got out of control but, um, uh, let me see, that might be about all I have to say about those topics in particular, but, you know, I just, I don't really know, like, it's not, it's not, like, the, it's, I don't know, like, it is kind of what it is, um, but yeah, so I'm gonna, uh, start heading to the gym, and for this episode, that's about it for now, and so with that, thank you so much for listening.